Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. I'm Lee Elias, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends and fellow co-hosts, Christy Casciano-Burns and Mike Benelli, and we are joined today by our special guest, Gary Dworkowitz. Uh, those of you that coach in the New York region will know Gary's name as he has worked as a presenter at many USA Hockey Coaches Clinics. Uh, he is also a special education teacher for the past 25 years. That's what he's been doing. And he's been the head coach for North Rockland High School since the 91-92 season. Happy 30-year anniversary on that one, Gary. He also served as an assistant high school football coach for the same amount of time. So he's well-versed in sports in general. Gary's experience in the game beyond coaching is vast. And he has served in the New York Rangers fan development department for the past 10 years, doing camps, clinics, and special events, and he's also the host of the If You Build It podcast, a show that focuses on mental health and sports, and one that has had some pretty notable guests on it so far. Make sure you check that out. Uh, give it a listen. It's pretty good. Also, above all, Gary is a husband to Rose, a father Matthew, and we are pleased to welcome to the show today. Gary, welcome to Our Kids Play Hockey. Thank you very much. It's the nicest uh, introduction, nicest things people said about me in a while, right, Mike? Yeah, got it. Every day, somebody has something nice to do, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Gary. We have a great producer, Caitlin, who we mention all the time on here, who did a lot of the research on you. We, we like to make sure our guests have a, a, a bio you can sink your teeth into uh, right. and so that the people listening know that, you know, we're not just bringing schmoes on, right? We want to bring on people that know what they're talking about. So that brings us kind of to the first question, uh, Gary. You know, we're all in the same space here as we're hockey parents, hockey coaches. We're involved in the game. But what I love about your approach over the past 30 years is you've really – kind of focused on the mental side, the team building side, the idea that this is more than just a game uh, as a special education teacher, you know, you have, you have, again, your sink, uh, sorry, your teeth kind of sunk into developing people. So, you know, you've created this podcast recently. Why is your direction kind of focusing more on developing the people than just players at this point? Um, I mean, I think it's the most important thing. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times, for a coach, the best days in coaching are when your former players come back, um, how many weddings, special events you get invited to. Um, it gives you a feeling that uh, you, you've had at least a, a little bit of a, a, an impact on, on people that you work with. Um, and those aren't the things you can, you can't buy those in stores. Like they're very special relationships. And um, I also come to realize, and I've, I've spoke to, you know, Mike about this a number of times, and I spoke to you about it a little bit too. It's like, you know, your, your words as a coach are very powerful. And I've, you know, of course, like everybody else, I've made a number of mistakes 
Um, but as time goes on, like you realize you could say one thing that could make a difference um, in a player's life in a positive way to inspire them to keep going and doing things. Or you could say something that's detrimental that would make a player not want to play and continue. And I think it's a big responsibility. Um, and I, I, I take it very seriously, but I also, you know, I want to live my life with meaning. And to me, like, there's no more important things than, than kids and, and trying to have a, like a little tiny part in, in something that's positive. Right. And sometimes do you think it's the way that you say it, not necessarily what you say that really matters? Maybe you can dissect that a little better and help coaches learn from what your mistake was. Uh, well, I think that um, what you guys helped me with this, like the, the players won't care until they know that you do. There's a different mm -hmm. version of that. Um, I don't think and, I, and I'm certainly not comparing children to animals, but there's a sense that children have. Um, that they know authentically if you really care about them or not. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with if it's on the school side of things or if it's on the sports side of things, but I think the kids really know. Once they really know that you truly authentically care about them, then I think you have more leeway um, to be more of a, a sport parent to them, meaning like there's sometimes you have to deliver difficult messages to them, but they're honest and they understand where they're coming from as opposed to if you don't have that relationship with the player or student, um, I think then it, it's looked in a different, if different lens. So I don't, I don't know if I answered your question or not, but I try yeah, to, I try to yeah. focus, I try um, to focus on the relationship part first and making sure that like, for example, during um, hockey season for us, you know, we have to bus everywhere. So I try to have a little checklist of players that I'll, I'll talk to a player on the way to the rink, um, invite the player to the front of the bus. Uh, uh, same thing on the way back. Uh, Pre-practice, I'll try to grab another player or two and just check in with them with different situations. Sometimes there's academic situations where players and kids are they're clashing with teachers. Sometimes there might be something going on a home front. Sometimes there might be uh, you know some internal conflicts with other players on the team. Whatever it is, but I think those things are just as important as any drill you're on or any tactic that you're, you're trying to put in. So I, 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 I've gotten better schooled at that um, as time's going on, but to me, those things are, are just as important. Yeah, you really gotta be tuned in, right? You have to, like anybody else, like any parent, like you're, you're an extension now as a coach or a teacher, you're an extension and to get, to get true movement, you need the partnerships. So like on the school side, like I need the moms and dads to be involved and we're pulling the same direction. I think it's the same thing. If you if you're coaching a child on any level and you're uh, trying to instruct them, if 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 they're getting a different message at home, well, don't listen to your coach. Your coach doesn't right. know what doing. You at know, the end of the day, right, guys? It's yeah. not it's not going to be productive. You know, I think it's important that everyone understand. Like when you look at the the parent to the coach to the player, right? Parents are the first. Uh, trust trusting person in a kid's life whether they're trustworthy or not that's just part of being a child you're going to most likely trust your parents so they're getting that definition of trust and hopefully it's a good one from their parents at home uh, and then the coach has to earn that trust right and these kids come in the locker room with whatever their definition of that word is so gary what you're saying about being authentic is a hundred percent correct right and here's the thing kids can read through bullshit. I'll, I'll just say the curse word out there right now. They, they know, you know why? Cause they're bullshitters. <laughs> so they're better at seeing it than most adults are. Uh, I'm just calling it spade a spade there, but yeah, kids know when you're not being authentic. I think that that's kind of unwritten sometimes. Maybe coaches think, well, I have to act as no, be you, be you. They're going to know if you're not being yourself. Right. Um, 
So I think that's super important. And then, like you're saying, man, it starts with trust. Yeah, that's what trust is, is knowing, hey, you can trust me. Then the coaching can begin, right? Not, not until that's established. Yeah, Gary, so this is so intriguing to me, this whole subject, because of, the, because of our landscape that we have right now as, as educators and hockey coaches and parents, right? That the world of sport is moving to club rather than your school. And, you know, we've seen it happen in soccer. We're seeing it happen in lacrosse. It's harder to happen in football, probably, but certainly ice hockey, it's, it's, it's a real problem, right? So just maybe you could speak just on your, on your background and, and because you're working with kids and teenagers every day, you know, that real, you know, how, how important that relationship is and the ability to know that, you know, as a club coach and with my 15 year olds, I have no idea what they do during the day. I don't know what their grades are. I don't know how they interact with their classmates. I don't know how they interact with teachers, you know, but maybe you can say on, from your point of view, from, from a place where, especially maybe from the football side, you know, you have kids in school with you in your classroom. Um, and you're really from a school perspective, dug in with them much, much deeper, uh, philosophically, emotionally, you know, through your communication, maybe speak a little bit about that and how maybe we're missing a, a lot of that opportunity when we, when we advocate for youth sports to go out of the school and be not no longer part of the educational process. Okay. I think I understand what you're asking. Um, so on the school side, so I work in the middle school during the day um, and, uh, and then I'm in the high school uh, after hours. So during the day, if there's an issue with a player that either playing for me or on in, in either sport, the guidance counselors in the high school know that if they call me that I will, I will follow up. I will take action. Now that doesn't make me a great guy. It doesn't make me a genius. doesn't make me any of those things, but it does uh, indicate that I'm going to follow up. So I'll talk to the player. Um, if I need to, depending on the relationship I have with the parents, I um, might give the parents a little bit of a heads up to say, listen, I'm going to be going to the high school. I'm going to be, talking to your son today this is why i'm talking to him i got a call from the math teacher math teacher offered extra help for three days and then the player told the math teacher that uh they couldn't make it because they had to go to practice right now where we're telling them like no 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 you can miss any practice we have you can be late for any practice we have rather um if you need to miss a practice and it's a, a situation that depends on the on the on the, the particular child but the message is clear the education comes first um, but I'm not going to get manipulated by a high school student that's telling their parent one thing, they're telling the teacher another thing, and then they're telling their coach something else. So we just get it like right out there. But the bottom line is I would say to my principal, say, listen, I need to leave the school for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, or whatever it is. I need to go talk to a player. I get supported that way. Um, our district is good that way. But um, because of the uh, length of time I've been doing it, the guidance counselors will reach out to me. And listen, guidance counselors have their own frustrations, right? Like when coaches don't follow up on those things. But to me, it's like, you know, listen, I've coached 30 years of high school hockey. I have, I've had one division one hockey player, one. So we're talking about hundreds of kids um, and the, and the one is current now. So it's, it's 30 years, one division one player. So yes. the bottom line is like, we're still developing people and like, you know, kids, they get lost a little bit, but anyway, I think the school side, if you're, if you're a coach and you work in the district where you coach, okay. I think there's an extreme advantage that if you, if you, you know, if you choose to care about those things, 
Um, so even in the off season, I'll tell players like, listen, I had, uh, there's job opportunities here. Is anybody looking for a job? We help get them placed in jobs. Um, and there's conversations before that, like, listen, this is a favor. Um, you know, Christy calls me and says, listen, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a kid to do, you know, heavy lifting. I'm looking for a kid to do that. So I have a conversation with the kid and say like, listen, these, this is a friend of mine. Are you, you know, committed to doing this and kind of, you know, coach them up that way too, about how, you know, how should they go dress? Like just little things that some of the kids don't necessarily have all the support. Um, you know, we had a situation, unfortunately last year where our head football coach had passed away, guy had battled cancer for a while and we were navigating things like the funeral. And, you know, we had a zoom call to make sure all the kids had clothing to wear appropriate clothing. And there were kids that need that kind of support. Um, we made arrangements to have one of the guidance counselors travel with us for any of the kids who, who might've had difficulty, uh, you know, with the services, I think, you know, things like that, where kids know that, um, that you care. I don't know that you can get that on the club side. Um, but I think it still has to do with more of the coach, what the coach believes. Um, I've only coached club for eight U, and I, and, uh, one of my buddies dragged me into that a long time ago. Um, but if I was coaching club, one of my first priorities would be to try to build relationships, you know, like team building things like Lee does, um, different events, things like that. So there's thing. And I, and I would check on the academics because if you ask every player, like, Hey guys, who wants to be a great player? Everybody's hand goes up. If you say like, who wants to play after high school? Everybody's hand goes up. Okay, great. You know, that's true. So this is what great players do. This is what players do who play after high school. They make sure they balance their days. They make sure they're putting time to their academics. They're making sure they're giving back to communities and people who afforded you the opportunity to play these sports. Like there are things and they're not always pleasant conversations because you have kids coming from different backgrounds. But I just think on the school side to answer your question is it's, I have a more captive audience and I can have those relationships and they're based over a long time. Like I live in the town where I coached. So the kids who are playing for me, I've known them since a lot of them, they're five or six years old. So, you know, it's a different relationship. Yeah. And that's what we talk about all the time on the show is like, when you look at the club hockey, like if I'm a coach, I'm really lucky if I had a kid for one season for six months, you get to really get know a kid for four years. I mean, and that's to me, like where real development happens. That's where you really get to know people. Like, and I really get to know an individual um, in depth wise and, and all aspects of their life in a matter of six months when I just barely picked them and then I'm looking to cut them, you know? So I don't know. So I think you're, I think your perspective on from a teaching point of view, especially here in the Northeast, right? Where it's different than Minnesota and it's different where people, kids stay in school and they play high school hockey and they, they, they go through the rigors of making a team as a freshman battling through sophomore year and junior year, and then getting an opportunity to shine as seniors. You know, we don't see that as much. I don't think on the East coast because the, the, you know, the, the primary uh, driver is, well, I got to get out of high school hockey, you know? And I think for, from my perspective as a parent, I want to advocate more for people like you to be in the classroom and teaching and coaching. And that to me is really where I get to see the impact of how a coach can impact the player. Well, like Christy had asked before and, and how you say it, right. Um, is also important. So it's, it, there's different frames for that. So, um, for example, now, like we have, and you know, you guys know this, like we have all these opportunities for club hockey. Now club hockey is growing leaps and bounds. Girls hockey is growing leaps and bounds. 
So there's more opportunities. You have daily uh, discussions and, and you're hearing things about these programs on division three levels talking about trying to, you know, they're putting rinks on campuses. They're talking about raising their bar. Maybe some of them going to division one. Like there's a lot of opportunities in hockey. So like we're telling our guys, look, if you want to play after high school, there's a lot of opportunities out there and let's start doing some homework about where might be a good fit as opposed to your coach saying, listen, you're never going to play college hockey. Mm-hmm. Like you, you saying like college hockey is <laughs> Christy smile. And so someone said that to one of your kids, I guess. But um, you know, to, to put college hockey in one bucket now, it, it, it's, it's not, you know what I mean? You've got, there's so much, even, even, Someone says to you, like, hey, I know my child's not a Division I player. They'll just play Division Three, And in your head, like, listen, probably not. You know, Division Three hockey is low with a bunch of Division I players in a lot of instances. But I think it's also about educating. And I, I, think, that's, I think that's a positive way to go about it. Here's what, a, here's what a D3 club player profile looks like. Here's what a DT, D2 profile looks like. And so on and so forth. So we educate a little better. And that way, the questions are more central to maybe where that player might fit. And, and, and obviously, there's academic uh, interest and, and, and there's, a, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, but I think you make a better educated choice if you have more information. And I think that's kind of the way we try to do it now rather than saying, hey, you're not this, you're not that. You know, that's right. not kind of our job. We just kind of say, hey, what do you think your profile looks like? And we try to educate them on where a good fit might be. Right, and it's student athlete. We always have to remind them, but I do have to give a plug for Division Three programs, especially for women. Um, it's great hockey. So I just I want parents who are listening, just don't get discouraged at all. D three is is fantastic. Um, a lot of Sophia's friends play D three hockey. I've been to a few of their games, and it's exciting. It's very competitive. You know, they, they try to compete at the top level in their class and lots of great competition. And schools are opening up D3 programs for young women now. It's wonderful to see. And as you said, they're building ranks, they're growing their programs, um, and it's, it's a competitive environment, you know. So D3 is, is uh, coming on strong. So the experience that I had like coaching uh, girls I've had on my team and in camps and things like that. I mean, um, the, the girls, and I, I guess I am generalizing a little bit, but they they really, they have like a, a, a more serious approach than some of, some of the younger yeah. guys. Um, you, I, I don't know, Mike, I don't know, or Lee, like I find like a lot of times with the girls, you give them the directions once and all right, coach, I got it. And off they go. And, you know, some of the guys I'm like, all right, you know, you're telling them, you draw it on the board, you show them again. Like the girl's like, no, I got it. And there's a really nice maturity about them. And yeah, um, I don't know. I've had, I've had very positive experiences with, with the girls um, that I've coached. Yeah. Yes. I agree. It's, it's great hockey. It really is. And, um, and and as I said, I'm, you know, it's looking at all the rosters that are growing, um, just here in the Northeast with uh, college and in Pennsylvania, Lee, there's been an explosion of D3 oh, yeah. programs with well, colleges. I've, ever since Penn State went division one, hockey mm-hmm. is continuing to grow here across the state. I mean, we, we don't talk to those people on the West side of the state in Pittsburgh, but I'm sure that they're doing well over there <laughs> as well. No, Pennsylvania is doing well. You know, you know, Gary, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, we talk about this a lot in the show is kind of the breakdown through levels and, you know, the idea that, you know, really, 
U10 and down, maybe U12 in some cases, is about developing you know, good basic skill sets and the love of the game. And then when you get to that U12, U15 area, you know, now you might get a little more serious about where you want to go. And as you said, there are so many between the ACHA, NCAA. I mean, there's hockey overseas. There's hockey. You know, there's a lot of options for anybody who wants to play beyond high school. But I think that if anyone wants to succeed beyond 12th grade, right, in that U12, U15 time period is where you have to start developing the habits of a championship caliber athlete. And, you know, we always say the goal is great. The dream is great. And I will support anyone that has a goal or a dream if that's what they believe they want to do. But the process, the day in, day out work that you do, um, that's really the key. And obviously this, this transcends hockey in so many different ways. So I want to get your thoughts on, you know, kind of the younger levels of hockey and then that, that mid to, to graduation level of hockey of what do you think the core values that we should be focusing on? Is it, is it slap shots and wrist shots <laughs> or is it, is it other things? Well, it's interesting because uh, I was fortunate enough, like, Mike had um, got me involved in some of the USA hockey stuff and he gave me, I don't remember what the different topics were, but I know, I know the one we settled on was on habits because that was the one I was most interested in. Mm. Um, and I'm reading a book now, Atomic Habits. Um, yeah, it's a good I'm book. I'm very in tune with habits and um, that that's honestly, that's what I would be focusing on. Um, that's something you can do for all ages. Right. And there's simple things like, I mean, it's not, it's, it's truly, it's nice to have the hockey mom on too, because some of the things I'm saying are, are, are towards the good parenting habits that we do for our kids, but just simple stuff that doesn't have to do with how fast you skate, things like that. You know, you ask young athletes, Hey guys, how much sleep do you think you need to, to do your best? It doesn't matter what we're doing tomorrow, but to do your best, do your best at school, do your best at practice. How much, how many hours? And you get these different answers. And then you kind of follow up like, all right, do you know that answer or you don't? That's the first thing. You know, do the parents know for their kids? So you almost like work backwards if you're able to stop that. Um, and then you get into some other basic stuff like say, you know, what are you putting into your body? Now, you're not going to go into a whole detailed nutrition thing. But with kids, you could say, listen, what are the two things that dehydrate you the most, right? Like we just, I just did a clinic last week and we were doing this with the kids, just simple questions. And we'll hopefully they get to the right answers okay, what did you eat, you know, before you came to today's session? How, how long ago did you eat? Did you know if you, if you ate an hour earlier and you substituted your iced tea for a water or uh, a half and half on a, on a Gatorade that, you know, you'd have more energy than the practice? Think about how many more reps. Think about how good you could be. Like those kinds of things that you can try to, you know, impart to young players. But I think habits are really important. You know, does a, does a child know how to make a time schedule for his or herself? If you're a typical player now, and let's just say let's just say you're playing on a school team and you're playing on a travel team, and you can pick your sport now because everybody's in travel, right? And you have the child make the schedule for the week, and you plugged in the academics, you plugged in the practices, games, uh, all that stuff. It's not an easy thing to do. So some of those things do naturally lead yourself into bad habits. It's more drive through, uh, you know eating stuff because you're juggling kids and you don't have time. And now all of a sudden, you know, your nutrition's not as good. You didn't do your homework after school. You're too tired from the night before. So you take a nap. Now you get back at home. It's late, but I got homework due tomorrow and now I'm tired again. 
you know, getting good rest on a Sunday night, like take advantage and make sure you get a good nine, 10 hours, because if you don't, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure for the week. So it doesn't necessarily matter if you're a, you know, a hockey player, a basketball player, or just, you know, you're a student who plays in the band or whatever it is. I think there are healthy habits that are applicable to kids. And, and everybody on, everybody on this uh, knows is that the, the faster you can get those habits ingrained in a younger age, the better chance you have of them taking hold on the opposite side for us, the longer we go with our habits, the harder it is to, to reprogram an adult. So I think it's very important at a young age that the organizational habits, like we're asking kids, Hey, how many of you guys, and I've seen Mike do this and Lee, I'm sure you have as well. How many of you guys packed your own bags last night? Mm. You still have mom and dad packing your bag. Um, how many of you guys washed your stuff? How many of you guys, um, you know, filled up your own water bottles? Uh, you know, that's a, you know, sometimes I'll hang out and I'll look in the rink and I'll see whose parents are carrying their bags in for their kids. You have kids uh, at ages where, you know, they're still tying their skates for them. You know, I think I said this to Mike and I think I said to you, Lee, I watched, I watched Mark Messier talk his youngest son through getting dressed as the, when the kid was a seven or eight year old. He didn't touch a single piece of equipment. He talked him through it and, and as quietly and as gently as you could imagine, talked him through the whole thing. It was amazing, amazing experience. And then, you know, again, you, it's, you see stuff you never saw, but I just, I think there are things that have to do with good human habits that once you have those habits, it's going to help you with whatever you decide to do. Right. right. And avoid, avoid the tendency parents to say, it'd just be easier if I did it. <laughs> Don't I've said that to myself. Right. Um, but oh, it happens you know, when you're rushed. Rather than battle with them, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. You know, Christy, that's a, that's an, I want to just say it not to interrupt you, but that comes from your organizational habits. Those things come from when people are in a rush. So yep. when we say to kids and we say to parents, like some of them don't understand the value of getting to the rink mm. early when you can. We understand that life, we're not professional players. Like life doesn't always allow that. But when it does, it strips off so much of the anxiety that, that parents and, and kids have. Uh, you've increased the chances that, that something was forgotten at home um, or the, the kid didn't eat. And it, it's, now you're at practice and the chances you you having a productive practice are very, are, are reduced quite a bit. Right. That's a great point. No, I'm just saying, yeah. but it's all, it's all connected. So go back here, to here. the amount of sleep, go back to, is the kid packing his bag? Like, Hey, I got school today, but I know I have practice in a couple hours after. Okay. Did you pack your backpack for school? Yes. That I packed it. Okay. Did you pack your hockey bag? No, I didn't do that yet. Go do that now. Well, I'll do it again. No, you're going to do it now because, <laughs> you know, you, uh, but you know what I'm saying? You might need to stay after school for extra help. You know, were you saying it? And like Mike's thing is fair. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, I, I, got that, right I got that on, I got that <laughs> on, saying. I got that on, uh, on, on, on a loop. You yeah. pack your bag. No, yeah, you need to pack your bag. I'll do it later. No, do, pack your bag. I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill this kid. But for yeah. me, I'll go back and I'll use stuff. And I, I was saying to Lee, I learned this from, um, from Tom Izzo uh, at Michigan State, where he he basically has his players put a goal down, a personal goal and a team goal at the beginning of the year, and he puts on an index card. So I do that now with our high school guys. I ask them for a goal each, and I'll just pull the card out. I put the card, I put the cards in my backpack, and I'll just pull them out and say, "Hey, you listed this as a goal, personal goal. Is that still your goal?" "Yes, coach." Then I go, "Okay." 
is this still your team? Yes. Okay. I'm just checking because you yeah. said that was your goal. It's accountability. Right. Now with the younger kids, obviously like, listen, the, the kid might say to you, Hey dad, I want to play in the NHL. All right, great. You want to play in the NHL? I want to play contract. Great. Do you still want to do that? Yes. Okay. Well guys in college, they pack their own bags <laughs> and they sleep. They make sure they have eight and nine hours of sleep. I'm just telling you, this is, this right. is what they do. You know, I'll tell you this too, Christy, to your point, another thing with, with kind of getting the kids dressed is that, uh, you know, most guys probably won't admit this, but I, that's kind of some extra time I get with my kids. So sometimes you you want to baby them a little bit because it reminds you again. Again, I'm 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 a little soft like this, depending on whose definition we're talking. But I, you know, it's like oh, I'm helping you, and it's like you know, I'm not though. I'm not teaching them the fish, am I? I'm giving them the fish. So right. I've, I have to constantly remind myself, no, Lee, my, let him do this. Himself. My my side is always like, no, no, no. The strap has to go exactly. Like yeah, how do yeah. you not? How is yeah. the strap cockeyed? That There's a line. Great. why couldn't it be why couldn't it be like why couldn't it be you know for one of the guys like hey all right you're gonna do your own skates tonight and you talk them through it and whatever it is it is hey that's better than the last time now you know i'll help you clean up then the next time the same thing but again progression in order to do that you need to be have that time be at the rink at a good time so you have time to relax it's a great point take yeah. that time you know what i mean we're you're so right. rushed all the time yeah, and you're, it's, you're right and then you then you're in panic you're like you're telling your guy hey we can't be late to get on the ice let's go hurry up hurry up i mean that's not a that's not a healthy experience for for the parents not a healthy experience for the kid but yet those are not like the once in a while that's the more often right. the kid who's the kid who is at the rink early and the kid he has a he or she has a distinct advantage over right. the other players over a course of time. They're going to be calmer players. They're going to be better prepared. They're going to make less mistakes. Um, they just are. It just and, and you were saying we were talking about habits before. That one habit that has nothing to do with talent is 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 gold. It's true. It's you know, Gary, it's Gary. the same thing. It's the same thing from your team building perspective, right? If you're a hockey coach and every single practice is you scrambling because the Zamboni's coming out and, and pucks are all over the place and the kids' drill's not done yet, that's your practice. I can guarantee you the reflection that you will see in the game w- will be that of chaos, will be that of not having a, a structured environment. And, and the coach that is literally stepping off the ice as the Zamboni doors open, I, there's no doubt there's a correlation between a prepared person that, that has a goal and objective and knows the structure and time that they have and not. And, and I, you see it every day. You see it, in, especially in your – your line, you know, when you're in your line of work, when you're in a rink for seven hours and you're getting to see, you know, six or seven different coaches, you know, the ones that are prepared and the ones that aren't. And it, hey, reflects, and it, in, it reflects in how their teams play. It's a, listen, it's the same thing in the classroom. You don't think that you don't think that the students, the children know which stu- which teachers are coming in there confidently and have their roadmap for what we're doing today, as opposed to a haphazard person coming in with no kids kids snuff that out in in two in two seconds and yeah. now you've lost your audience you've lost a level of respect and if listen if if a, whoever you're trying to teach if they don't respect you you can't teach them right I mean, it's sim- simple as that you, you know I, I want to say this too you know it's funny you're making me think of some stories here just the rushing the rushing that again this might be mostly a northeast thing to be fair to a lot of the parents listening out there because we're always rushing i remember uh gary mike christy i was working in manhattan and I remember I took an early train into the city one day and I was still rushing to the office. And I remember that's when it clicked for me. Like, why am I, why am I rushing? I'm like 45 minutes early. And that's when I clicked in my head. I'm always rushing. <laughs> I'm always rushing. I was, and it's because I was taught to do that. That's not a shut up my parents. Uh, but I thought, I thought about that with my own kids of 
All right, but we got to get to school. We got to get to school. We got to get to practice. We got to get dressed. We got to get, I'm like, what the hell am I teaching them? I, I'm the one rushing, right? They don't care. Right. So it's, I, I really remember taking a step back and going, okay, I need to wake up earlier as the parent and be ready. And I need to teach them that we don't need to rush out the door every day. And I need to reward them. Uh, I, I mean, today's a great day. My kids had a great morning this morning. I told them, Hey, you guys did great this morning. I want you to know that it's nicer when we don't rush. Um, now with that said, parents listening, I do know some of you have a 4:30 practice on a weekday and you're rushing from work and you're trying to get them there. Um, you know, I want to kind of throw it to the panel here. Like there's going to be situations where there's just no time. Um, I would still kind of take your time, do it right. Get on the ice, right? Obviously you can tell the coach and the coach should understand I'm coming from work. I might be 15 minutes late. It's better to build the habits to do it correctly. Um, and, and, and the prep, right? Oh, listen, we're only going to have 15 minutes to get dressed, son, daughter, so this is what we're going to do. When I get to the rink, you're going to put this on. I'm going to put that on. We're going to work together and get you back on the ice. Mike, your point about coaches is a pet peeve of mine when I coach coaches. You must be prepared for your practices at least at minimum <laughs> three hours ahead of the practice. Better 24 hours ahead or the week ahead. But um, we're not coaching if we're, if we're showing up late and discombobulated to the kids. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to the parents. They paid money, right? You, you got to be prepared. But the point I'm making, guys, is all of this is the same thing, right? It's kind of mental fitness. It's being prepared. It's having a schedule. It's working together and not teaching your kids. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Right. So, um, can yeah. be bad. so that's a great point. And, I, and, and Caitlin can do our, our six degrees of separation of our kids play hockey, because <laughs> I think my next question to you, Gary, is, you know, uh, Gary was introduced to Wendy Glover, who we actually had on the podcast. Yeah. And what Gary has done which I love is his work with the New York Rangers and the junior Rangers. He's put uh, his high school players and kids that he uh, mentors and works with as the lead coaches in the junior Ranger program. So they're eight and under, is it, I believe it's the eight and under program, right? Gary, that you do Brilliant. to learn to play, yep. and, you know, the station-based program. So maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, what the benefits are from you as a parent, as an educator, as a coach for how you've, you know, built that athleadership kind of mentality into uh, how you associate your kids and your players into the junior ranger program. Uh, and it could be any program around the, you know, you know, obviously any, any learn to play program in any rank, but how you uh, assume the responsibility of kind of being the mentor for that, but then allowing the kids, you know, to do all the real, you know, heavy lifting on that program. Yeah. Well, first thing I would say is um, Wendy's, she's amazing what she does there in Canada. I mean, uh, the, the experiences that those uh, student athletes are getting is off the charts. And she's definitely uh, a champion up there for, for, for what's, for what's good in sports. And those kids are getting tremendous benefits. So she was really nice. She sent me uh, a bunch of information and um, we just theoretically try to take some pieces of that and try to put them into play. Um, the other thing is over here, um, just like you guys, I mean, days are busy. So we are, are the people in our youth programs, uh, they're very giving of their time. We have a, a core group of people who uh, are supportive. They're fantastic. Um, so you don't do anything, you know, on your own. You need good people around you. And that's like every walk of life, you know what I mean? And uh, I think we'd all agree, agree to that. Um, but um, I think maybe it might have even been doing like, either right before pandemic or in the middle of pandemic, Mike, I think I called you and say, listen, I have some players who want to get involved. And I was a little bit concerned about making sure that they were covered uh, insurance wise and things like that. 
And then I think you pointed me towards, hey, did you know that there was this junior kind of program? And then I think between us, we figured out, we found there was like, uh, there's literally USA Hockey has um, like a slide presentation. So we got everybody together on a Zoom and we talked through that, had a nice uh, conversation. It was, it was good. I had my own son on there and some of his friends. And um, I think it made them feel good. It was, a nice, it was a, certainly a positive thing to put on their resumes, but the nuts and bolts was, it was they're able a chance to, to give back. And again, people talk about this stuff, you know, it's important to give back, but there's a different feeling when kids actually do it and experience mm -hmm. it because they don't have any reference points. There's no way they're not, they're not long enough in life where they can say, Oh, I can go back to that. But when they do it, they actually, they don't always admit it, but when they say, Hey, when's the next one, you know, that they're enjoying that spot. Um, I just think it's another way to, to help develop in terms of the, 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 the high school athletes who are doing that. But it's also value in your programs or people are looking more value in your programs. If, if you have a young person who's, who's identifies with the high school kids, um, that young person's going to be more likely to stay in your program and stick with your program because there's a relationship. Again, going back to that. Um, I think the, the young kids benefit, the high school kids benefit, the coaches benefit. Um, it, it's just one of those things. And, and Lee, like I've spoken to Lee about this. Like I like the triple wins. I like when everybody wins. And I'm, and I'm really greedy like that. Like I'll look at to say like, what, you know, what, what's the entity getting on their side? And in that case, there's nobody losing. Um, sometimes you'll talk to the kids about different ways to instruct and those kinds of things. But for the better part, um, you know, they, they have a good time with it. Um, it. There's just a lot of value. It doesn't get a lot of notoriety and those kinds of things, but you'll see in the stronger programs that their older players will give back and not, not necessarily because they have to, but because they really enjoy it. And that's how you build long lasting relationships and long lasting programs. Yeah. That's a great point, man. You know, Gary, just cause I'm looking at the time here. One of the things I want to talk about is that you started this podcast, uh, if you build it. And I want you to kind of tell the audience about it. Cause I think you're taking a unique approach to talking about sports and you're bringing on some pretty incredible guests too. So why don't you just tell us real quickly about why you started that um, and, and where you see it going. So during pandemic, like all of us, um, I was just looking for things that would be healthy mentally to do. And um, through Ranger relationships, um, uh, Mike knows this too, because Mike's been on with our coaches, but um, I tried to bring in guests for our coaches just for, to give our guys something to look forward to and, and some feeling of normalcy when we're, we were all trapped in our homes. So we, one of the months we were able to get on Stefan Matteau and he grew up with Pierre Turgeon. So we had Steph and Pierre Turgeon on for like two hours with our coaches. And those guys were in Florida. They were on these director's chairs and we had this great conversation going on. Um, little, it was a little surreal. Like it was just, but, but it was, it was good. And um, shortly after that, uh, Mike had mentioned Tom Laidlaw. Tom does a bunch of podcasting and stuff like that. And he's a guy I had spoken to a lot over pandemic, just about lots of things. Um, and he, you know, he's a good guy and he does a lot of good things. He, um, he said, you know, like, why don't you think about maybe trying to do one of these? I'll, I'll help you. Um, and as I said to you, Lee, like total rookie, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get coached to do a better job and all that. But I just thought it was an opportunity to, to do something positive with that 1%. If I can get 1%, um, you know, I wanted to try to make an impact that way for, for, for parents, for, for youth athletes. 
and for coaches. So I like, you know, I know it's not, you're not going to change the world, but uh, I, I find, and uh, this conversation, and I'm not saying it's just because, but guys like you and, and, and Mike and, you know, I, I've only met Caitlin a couple of times and Christy seems like she's on board too. It's like, there's, there's people who want to get better in life. And a lot of these people now, I, you know, I couldn't tell you how, but I seem now to be getting connected with people who are similar in that. Like I'm, I know I'm a very flawed person. I want to get better. Um, and the people that I've been meeting are the same thing. Laidlaw's like that. Tommy's like that stuff on my toes like that. And anyway, so it just presented an opportunity where people who have uh, a better foothold to, 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 to get ears um, were willing to jump in and involve them. They're like, hey, whatever I can do to help. So that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, hopefully it grows to where we can make more of an impact, kind of like what you guys are doing. And, and you feel good about it. There's a, lot, like, there's a lot of negative stuff that you can get dragged into on an on everyday basis. And I just don't choose to, to go that way. And this is something I care about and something, um, you know, I'm passionate about try, trying, to, trying to do that stuff. So. Yeah, we're totally on board with you with that. It's kind of a grassroots effort. And it, it surprises us every week um, how many people are connecting and also relating, um, you know, and that's the highest compliment. They said, I totally can relate to you mm -hmm. and Lee and Mike. And it's, it's really rewarding knowing that you're connecting with people and that the voices that that we're hearing and we're sharing with everybody else are so needed because you're right. The, it's so easy to just tune into the negativity. It gets a lot of attention, <laughs> but there's that's a lot what, of that's what sells. That's what sells. That's why it's like that's you what have sells. Negative, yeah, you know? absolutely. Being in the news business, trust me, I know. So um, yeah, that's why we're we're here and we're shouting out loud because I know the people listening now are. They, they want this, there's a need for this and there's a better direction that we can go in. So I mean, hopefully we're right, adjusting. I like, I like, actually, I'd like to ask you something from a parent perspective, if I could. So, and, and, and Mike and Lee, you guys also too, you have kids that are playing. So, you know, like when you get to a, a rink in an arena and you have some parents are more boisterous than others and, and you know, that kind of thing. When you, when you talk to parents saying, listen, who here wants to make sure their child is safe? Everybody's hand goes up. Who loves their kids? Everybody's hand goes up. But yet some of the behaviors, like when kids get to the point where there's more physicality in games and all that stuff, like we say to parents, like when you yelling at your kid and you're distracting your child. So you've got, there's all kinds of things going on. You're increasing the risk of injury you love your child and like unconditionally, why would you do that? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I messed up. I did that. I'm not doing that again because I know, but yet it does. Like what, what do you like? Why, why is that? Um, I think some parents feel that they're entitled and it's their right to speak out because it's their kid and that they see a great wrong happening and the refs aren't um, making the right calls and the, the coaches are being too calm on the bench. And when it's your kid, if you see your kid get hit and, and through your perspective, it may not even be the right perspective, but from your vantage point, it looks like your kid was taken out or, and the rest didn't see it. Something, some kind of beast comes out in these parents and they can't control it. 
And I think a lot of it is because they think they're right and everybody else is wrong and you didn't see it. I think you that's see, like parents in practice too. Like they have signals, like they're doing it right. Right, Mike, they have the signals they're doing in practice, like do this, they're like, meanwhile, like, you could have spent 20 minutes with a kid before practicing. Listen, this is, you need to have your stick here. This is what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think a lot of it. I, I, think a lot of it. I, I think it's a lot of it's just, it's just, it, it's, I don't even want to say it's education because I think a lot of these parents have all the resources we do. It's just a matter of their perspective. I mean, I've watched uh, like the brick tryouts and, and a lot of stuff with the little kids, you know, these, uh, these uh, seven, eight, nine year old boys and girls and, the dads behind the glass, you know, literally, you know, showing deep moves and, and, and giving the hand signals and running up and down the glass. And then, you know, and, and this is what Lee does for a living, right, too, is that, you know, when you don't have a strong mission statement and a real and a strong direction and you don't have a strong culture, then it's really hard to get that person to stop and, and, to, and to, to, to really like reflect on what they're doing and how bad it looks, not only for them, but for your organization. So when you can, a lot of that has to do with how do you build your organization? How do you build your program so that those kind of things are kind of not only unacceptable, but that the peer pressure from a parent's perspective is, you know, you know, there's 15 other parents that can turn to you and be like, Mike, you got to calm down. <laughs> like, let's, why don't we go out and have a cup of coffee or, you know, listen, this is, this is the, not worth, um, you know, let's not get on YouTube tonight. And be right. on Christy's, Christy's podcast for uh, you know a fight in the stands. Yeah, and, let's not be on the Syracuse Nightly News, right? Yeah, and in Syracuse, New York. But I think it's just um, you know, and I think, but I think that I think it. Ha- but again, there's there's, but then at the end of the day, there's just. I mean, I coach lacrosse, and the same. It's the same thing. I got dads that want to help, and you know, they're halfway on the field screaming and yelling at their own kid, and, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. and then and, and then they then they attack you. So I'm like, well, I don't want to, you know, listen, I don't want to get involved with this either. I, oh. think, I think it's just, but I think it's, you know, you've been involved with this for 30 years, Gary, and, and or more, and you know, you can say like you, 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 and I, I, I joke around a lot with parents and I go, I have a, I know I have a crystal ball. Like I know what is going to happen before it happens. Not because I'm smarter than you. It's because of the experiences I've had. Right. And I know where this is going. We're going to stop it now and let's try to reset and be in a place where where it doesn't really affect anyone. Just let's have let's just have a, a we listen, Gary. If you when you go back and listen to our, our our episodes, I mean, perspective and understanding where where you are in the game probably comes up ninety five percent of the time in every podcast we have. And and that's really you know to your point and Christy, what she just mentioned and Lee, that's really what we try to do. We try to be. Uh, I don't, it's not even the voice of reason. It's just having perspective. Yeah, get upset. No doubt you should be pissed. Oh my God, yes, that's an egregious foul or something happened to your child. No, nobody is saying you shouldn't be upset and that it should be discounted uh, that you have emotions. But then there's a line of, okay, well, now how are those emotions not only affecting your child, your team, other children? If you right. claim to be a lover of kids and lover of children and a lover of sport, then what are you doing to minimize all that carnage? Uh, how do you help officials? How do you help your fellow coaches? And then how do you be a real good sport? And I, I don't mean sportsmanship, but be loving sport. If you love sport and you love the sport you're in, then you're going to find ways to accommodate everyone in, in the, you know, the ecosystem of where you're at. So I think it's, you know, and, and you've seen that in your watching you from where my perspective is, I've seen you do that. So 
that's a tribute to what you've done in your district. But, you know, we, we have to find ways to replicate that. No. Yeah. And also, I think it forces people to be pr pretty honest what their agendas are, too. You know what I mean? Like, is it really are you really here? like the other people say it's all about the kids and all that stuff? OK, is it about the kids? Because if it is, then it should be what the total support and betterment is of that development as a person first. Yeah. Are yeah. you doing things right? Are... Just tell me, don't give a crap. You don't give a crap about the other kid. Just tell me that. I, okay, at least I know. <laughs> I, I only care about my yeah. kid. I don't even care if your kid gets better. You know, I don't guys, care about like, it. I don't care about it. Okay, this, good. At least I know where you're coming from. This is what I'll say. I, I, first thing I'll say is this any parent that's vocal cares about their kid most of the time, right? I mean, you're not, you're not, the parent that doesn't show up is the parent that doesn't care. I don't mean people for work. I mean, that the person who doesn't, and I don't think there's a lot of parents out there like that. Um, but I think all this comes down to an improper definition of what winning really is. All right. Uh, yeah, winning the game or winning the situation is nice. Being competitive is great, but you had to really understand you're developing a person, Gary, to bring this back to what you were saying, you make a better person, you're going to make a better hockey player or a player. Uh, you're, you're coaching your kid from the glass. I promise you, you're not making your, your kid a better person at that point. And what I try and do guys is, and, and I work on this all the time. I, I got to take my own ego out of it. So Gary, I hear parents, even in my kids, Mike games yelling. And I, I really shut the judge in my head off. Um, you know, you can hear it. Parents, you go, why is that parent yelling at their kid? Oh my God. Don't they realize it's just a Mike game or don't they realize I turn that off, right? That parent and that kid is on their journey. Who, who the hell am I to judge them on what they're doing? Now, if, if they ever come to me for advice, which they're not obligated to do in any way, I'm, I'm there. You know, there's a great statement. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I, as a, I am a student and a teacher, right, at the same time. Um, so my idea is, you know, for parents, I, I try and create bonds with the parents of, of, <laughs> of the team and you know, if you want to be a part of that, great. If not, no worries. We're all on our own journey. It's not my kid versus your kid, at least at the might level right now. It's just, I want my kid to enjoy the game. And yes, I want them to compete too. I often say, I want them smiling when they come off the ice. It doesn't mean I don't want them to compete, but, but you know, you got to prioritize these things, right? The competition will come. The, the enjoyment of the game, you can lose really quick. So again, when it comes to parents, I think it's an improper definition of what winning is. And I think we all have to take our own egos out of it, right? The, the, the thought that you can coach your kid from the glass and the team, which is not even your focus, will win. It doesn't happen. I mean, you, maybe you'll help them one time, but the, the, you know, let your coach do their job, right? And if the coach isn't good, have a conversation. There's so many ways to do this, right? Uh, but you got it. You got, it starts with ego and, and taking the ego out from all parties, not just the other parents, yourself included. Because if you have if you have parents who made the commitment to put their child on your team, yeah. then you would suspect that there's a certain amount of trust. You'd hope so. So if that's there, then you know, then you can actually make some progress. And it's even in, to ask a parent, like we could do a lot here if we're pulling the same direction. Right. And it, it has to be, you know, mutual relationship with right. People. The it's on the coaches to communicate this at the start of the season as well. And, and look, we've talked about this on the show, Christy, you know, this, you're not always going to have a great season. So when your kid's dealing with the adversity, do you want to be the parent that's at the board shouting and screaming and telling your kid what to do? Or do you want to take it for what it is? This is going to be a, a, a tough season. It's adversity. How are we going to deal with this as a family? It's not going to be easy, but you're still going to show up on time. You're still going to get your equipment on on time. You're still going to give your best effort no matter what, because those are the habits that create a champion long-term. But you got to use adversity is an opportunity every time.
Guys, I hate to say this, but we're out of time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we're completely this out of time. such a great conversation. Yeah. I just didn't want it to end. Right. Um, and it, it unfortunately has to, because we, we have a hard out today, but like Gary, we'll have you back on again. First off, I want to thank you for being here. You've been an awesome guest. And, and as, as Mike Christie said, this is all about perspective for those of you listening. Um, we're getting so many emails now. I'm, I'm trying to reply to all of them as much as I can. I can't tell you all that are uh, sending us notes, how much we appreciate it. Uh, feedback, questions, t- episode topics, uh, keep sending them in. We want them. Uh, it helps us uh, do a better job and and guests like Gary coming on to, to give other perspectives aside from the three of us, um, it really helps this show go. So, uh, Gary, above all, I want to thank you again for coming on today. You, you're fantastic. No, I, I appreciate it. It's good. It's good therapy for me. Um, I just do want to say while I'm thinking of it, because I forget a lot of stuff these days, that um, things to think about for some of the parents, like that healthy competitiveness. Mm. We do live in a world with a lot of competition, and a lot of it's healthy competition, whether it's applying for colleges jobs these things like they're they're healthy things and it's okay to learn how to do that also it doesn't have to be where we think of people that are you know above uh what's what's realistic sometimes with that but there's a part that 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 we could use a little bit more of the healthy competition in the world and the other the other thing i would say quickly is for the parents like if you have a child that wants more and and they're looking for more opportunities encourage your child to talk to their coach mm. and have that be your first line of, your line of defense. And it's a simple question like, coach, what would I have to do to play more? What would I have to do to be on the power play? What would I have to do to be out there in the last minute of the game? You know, like ask, just ask the question. And it's, it's a great exercise for a parent working with a child. And you know what? When we talk about relaxation. It's a, it's a more relaxed thing than a parent getting all <laughs> up and, and you, and you're helping your, and your child develop. So that's my two little pieces that, um, wanted to get in before I forgot. Oh, fantastic. If the coach is worth his or her salt, they'll be willing to have that conversation and exactly. the, the exactly. athlete will be willing to listen. You might not like the answer, but at least you'll have an answer, right? And they'll, and they'll appreciate it, right? Like from right. the coach, they appreciate the athlete coming to them first and your parents have taught their children how to stand up on their own feet and advocate right. for themselves when you have that. And every, and every parent, every parent wants that for the kids, no matter what they're doing. Life every lessons, right? Right. They want to teach how to right. hey, stick up for yourself, advocate for yourself. Go ahead. There's a way to do it. And, and here's a good start. Yeah. Create Especially your parents when they're in college, you know, <laughs> you shouldn't be emailing the professors about problems. No. It's, it's happening because I'm in the college circuit and I hear it all the time. And I have friends who are professors and uh, they just don't appreciate it. It's hands off when they're in college. They're adults. Yeah. But it didn't, it didn't start, it didn't start in college that, and that's, oh, and that's yeah. what we're talking about. Like those right. long-term habits and how you work with your kids, talking them through getting dressed, helping them and do and taking that time. That skill set <laughs> built up over time as well. It's the same, it's the same things we're talking about in the rink, but they're probably more important. Um, but the, yet yeah. we're not, we're not doing enough of that and taking time to do those things where you can just benefit from those things all the way around so hey, look you're never not a parent but i've always used college that's that's the finish line for parenting right yeah that, that's the finish they're line if, if they're not ready after that finish line they're on their own for real after yeah. that you, you can't email their boss when they're having a bad day so uh, you better start those habits early share with you just ridiculous <laughs> well that's another episode we'll have to do but yeah. again remember i think the, the theme here is create a better person you'll create a better player all right. Yeah. And it, you, you can't reverse those two things. So 
uh, Gary Dorkowitz, great to have you on again. Check out his podcast, If You Build It. It's on uh, major podcasting platforms. Uh, if anything, listen to Stefan Mateau and some of his friends, Laidlaw. These guys uh, like to joke around on the podcast. It's fantastic. Uh, so thank you all for being here once again. Again, check out our Facebook community, Our Kids Play Hockey. You can email us at team at ourkidsplayhockey.com and check out the website for all our episodes. For my good friends, Christy Casciano Burns and Mike Benelli and Gary Dorkowitz today. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll see you all next time on Our Kids Play Hockey. Have a great week, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at whenhockeystops.com. It's a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.